Hello and welcome to Stranger Shopping Strangers, podcast number 73. A big welcome back to anybody who's returning and thanks for stopping in to anybody who's new this week. Well, this week I was fortunate enough to talk to three separate deadheads, uh, all of which I met just this past summer on uh, the Dead & Company summer tour. So the first is Steve Dubinsky, the second is Jake Root, and the third is Sherry Gleason. So they were so much fun to all talk to. And in my mind, they made sense because they were all just really strong presents from uh, from my adventures around uh, summer 2018 tour. So just all really strong, wonderful people. Um, I met Steve the first time in Mansfield. It was his first day vending, and he was just so welcoming just to come in, take a load off, hang out, and uh, turned out to just be a really fantastic spot to have as a meeting place. And uh, he makes these amazing clothes, so if anybody's looking for some comfy winter gear or some gifts, uh, you could find uh, Steve Dubinsky's, find him at uh, Grateful Sweats, which is www.gratefulsweats.com. The second person I get a chance to is Jake Root. I became familiar with Jake along with many when he started to do a lot of the uh, streaming from home. He started in fall of 2017 tour. At one point he was up to 15,000 people that were all streaming at once. So, you know, at that time it was closing it down. But, you know, that was just the beginning of Jake's journey because, you know, so, so many of those people really just, you know, became friends and people whose house he stayed at and he, you know, was never really alone because he had met so many amazing people that he was able to meet up with and, and just uh, share the experience. And the final conversation is with Sherry Gleason. And Sherry is just so much fun. She is just such a positive, high energy, smart, wonderful woman. And I met Sherry in Atlanta, and uh, we share that story, which is really pretty funny. Just, you know, talk about our shared passion of live music. And, you know, Sherry is just such a presence for me because, yeah, I was so amazed that she went out on her own in her truck and saw something like 15 shows. I mean, from the Midwest to the Southeast to Saratoga, Midwest, West Coast, and wrapped out of in Colorado's. Really incredible. The next thing I would like to say is that, gosh, I was so disappointed with the sound quality. Everybody made a lot of effort to be on a good call, and and honestly, it was my connection that was the worst. And I have to say, I really played around with it for a while with different microphones and different earphones, and uh, I make a promise to all the listeners that I'm going to do some extra, extra homework and figure out the best way to get the sound quality really up to par because, you know, it's so fun talking to these people and I think everybody enjoys the conversations, but, you know, the sound quality is, isn't where it needs to be. So that is a big priority for me in the next couple weeks that you will get to hear in the next podcast. And, you know, finally, I'd like to give a shout out to Osiris. Osiris Podcast Network is just this amazing family of podcasts. I'm so grateful to be a part of them. They span from music podcasts to all kinds of culture and comedy and perspective um, from like-minded people. So if you are looking for some more podcasts to listen to, uh, you can find them at OsirisPod.com. That's O-S-I-R-I-S-P-O-D.com. Definitely check that out. 
And the last, last, last thing I'm going to say, if you're listening on iTunes and you like the podcast, uh, go ahead and, and rate it. Really appreciate it. You know, it's good to to see the stars and the ratings come in. And I know a lot of people are a little more reminding of this. And so I want to be sure to remind people that if you're listening online and there's a chance to review and you like what you heard, um, go for it. Give it a review. And as far as the sound quality goes, I know that's not five stars, but it's definitely something I'm working on. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope everybody enjoys, and I will catch you uh, one last time for the rest of uh, 2018. Enjoy. Casey? Hi. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. This is so fun. I mean, we met this summer, and... You were my base camp over at Grateful Sweats for... Well, it was an amazing summer, and it really started for me... Well, it started three days before I met you when I left Kansas City to drive in my van to Massachusetts for my first time ever trying to vend the uh, dead shows. I was really excited. I uh, didn't know what I was doing, but I figured it out, and day that I met you in person was actually my first day vending. Wow. Well, you would have known it. <laughs> you definitely well, had it. Had it. I think we had one item that we helped kind of figure out what the pricing would be. I'd say that was the only giveaway. You had prices for everything, and there was one thing that you looked at me and said, how much should I charge? <laughs> well, it was definitely a figure it out as I went along, but I did. The friendships that I made this summer – it's kind of hard to separate them from Grateful Sweats because between Grateful Sweats and Roxalot, who were my friends, Camel and Dave, that were always right next door, they had the Please Be Kind flag. And Jake Root, who I think you're talking to later in this podcast, he would always tell people, meet at the Be Kind flag. And so it was always convenient. And it was fun, and I got to meet a lot of people that, you know, had bought stuff from me online that I had never met before. I met people that I had, you know, become friends with in Facebook groups that I had never met before. And it's such a incredible phenomena to feel like you already know somebody because you've developed this relationship in a social media setting, and then you meet them for the first time, and it's like I have so many brothers and sisters that uh, I didn't even know a year ago, but today I consider them some of my closest friends, present company included. Oh, it's so fucking awesome, and it's funny, again, thinking about when I met, hung out there, and I mean, most of the shows, I'm trying to think in general, I mean, you know, summer, it's hot as fuck out there, right? You have, the, like, the big tent, and I'm a schlepper, I always got my bag and my stuff. From the first time we met, I remember being like, I'm going to just hang here for a minute, and then it was the greatest meeting spot, in addition to you, you know, you were so welcoming, come on in and put your stuff down, take a load off, and I love that, because, you know, it started with the Be Kind flag, and to me, kind of went into your booth. I got really spoiled with my booth being the meeting place, so I was on tour for for eight shows, I think, or nine, through Atlanta, and then I went home for a while, and then I went back out on tour when the sh- tour hit Blossom. And so I did Blossom and Alpine. Then I went back home until back out for uh, Boulder. But 
I got really spoiled with my booth being the meeting place. And something really interesting that happened was at Alpine, they had made a big deal about no vending and, you know, they're going to give $1,000 tickets and they had like little jailhouses set up at Alpine. And so I wasn't going to like even mess with that and, you know, take my chances. So the first night at Alpine, I, you know, just like the old days before I was a vendor, I showed up, I went, tried to find people to meet up with. It took a lot of time. It was, a, couldn't find everybody. It just wasn't as much fun. And so of course I wanted to vend because, you know, that's what I was doing out on tour was vending, but it was really the least fun I had of any show on tour was that first night at Alpine because I wasn't the place where everybody else would come to meet. It was a lot of effort. I just wasn't prepared for it. So then the next morning, before the second night of Alpine, I get up early every morning. So I was going to find some way to find a solution so that I knew I still wasn't going to bend. They did say that we were allowed to tailgate. I've done a lot of tailgating in my life, and I went to Walmart, and I bought all the things that I would need to throw a good tailgate party. And I put out on social media the Grateful Sweats is throwing a tailgate party on the lot at Alpine. Anybody, tell your friends and come find Grateful Sweats and have a hamburger, a hot dog. I bought some beer. Everything was free. said, I can't bend, but I can certainly have a mobile marketing uh, display where my products would be put up for people to view, and they could come and hang out and socialize. If they want to buy something, they could go online. I handed out cards, and they could buy something on my website. It was just a beautiful thing. Uh, once again, I was the meeting place. Not only did I meet all my friends that, need, you know, wanted a gathering place, but all these new people that found out about me just because um, I decided to do that. And then, like, later on on tour in Boulder, people would say, oh, I met you, you know, that was so nice of you to give stuff away at Alpine, and it was the best hamburger I've ever had, and so then they bought stuff from me at Boulder because they met me at Alpine. So that whole story is that I was meeting place again, and it was so much fun, and another way to get around the rules to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Oh, I think you did it brilliantly. I love that story. I did not know that, and I I love that you were able to do that and offer people a real good time and then still be able to say, hey, check this stuff out. You know, you've seen it. You've looked at it. And then as a consumer, it's probably almost it's easier that way because you don't have to bring yourself into the show. So it's perfect. Well, again, for, for me, it was more about having fun and being the congregating place. And I'm a business person, so I always try and keep that in my mind and if I wasn't on tour vending, I'm not at a place in my life where I could have just, like, dropped everything and gone on tour and been 20 years old again. Uh, for me to stay on tour, I've got to continue to be able to, you know, rationalize it in my life. So I do do what I think combines uh, good business smarts with being able to put myself in a position to have a lot of fun and to be with the people that I love and to listen to the music that I love. And to me, it's all intertwined. It starts with the people and it starts with the friendships. And if it weren't for, well, I, I guess I first had the idea that I'd already started Grateful Sweats online, but when I went to the New Orleans makeup shows in February and Jake and I were walking around and 
as soon as we got to shakedown, I knew, okay, I need to do this. Walking that lot with Jake that day and like just meeting the vendors that we met and the friends that we met and it just filled my head with this is how I want to spend my summer. Now that I spent last summer doing it a little bit, I'm making plans to do more of it next summer and the summer after that. And, you know, I love the whole touring community and the whole jam band community. And I want to do more and meet more people and make more friends. And newly empty nester, it really fills my heart with excitement to think that that's going to be how I'm going to spend the next several years of my life. Uh, what well, makes me so happy? It brought it to, you know, a different spoke. You know, the the wheel went to a different spoke where it was a physical meeting place, but the same community meeting. Here we are, on, you know, strangers stopping strangers back to a digital community. Uh, you know, the wheel is turned. I was just time. thinking of that same lyric. Oh, it's a lot to be grateful for. It's a lot to be grateful it's for. It's blessed. After a little bit of a rough patch these last few months, and I have to say, Having the community, you know, we spoke about this earlier, just having this amazing, non-judgmental, open-minded, supportive community, supportive about just, you know, as as long as you're kind and you show up, all that matters. Yeah, I mean, there's a renewed sense of, of gratefulness for that, knowing that more friends through this community than I can just recall, in, you know, and, and, and how lucky that how many people can say they've met more people that are supportive of all your crazy shit agree well i want to get into some music so we are going to play i love music yeah the music let's get to the core the core the core of the spoke of the wheel the music so you picked a song well i didn't pick the wheel but after we've mentioned it two or three times in this chat maybe i maybe i should have well you but um no i'm gonna go with first answer Okay. And so the song I picked was uh, Eyes of the World from the Atlanta show this summer. And I picked that show. Um, you were at that show. And I remember um, it was really great to chat with you in Atlanta after, you know, a few weeks had passed since I had met you first at, at Mansfield. And you had been in and out of tour. And, I, you know, I'd just been on tour the whole time. So the Atlanta show was going to be my last show of that first leg of the tour. When I went to the show, I had finished vending. I wasn't going to vend after the show. And so I was in a state of just like real relaxed enjoyment and feeling very fulfilled, kind of celebrating the joy and friendships that I've made. And of course, a little sad because it was going to end temporarily for me for a while. I has always been one of my favorite songs, and I just think it's beautiful, and especially since Jeff's been part of the band, I love the the keys that he brings to the to the song, and I, I, it was just, I, it's a moment that stands out during tour, because I just felt such love at that moment, and um, so I'd listen to that song, and maybe feel a little of that love again, and hopefully your listeners can share in that a little bit. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah, no, in my mind, as we're talking, I'm putting myself right back into that little plan and transported me back. Well, good. Mission accomplished them. Yeah, yeah. And as anyone who's listening to this podcast knows that I can talk a dog off a wagon, so I'm not going to go into all of my feelings (laughs) of that moment. (laughs) Because this could go from a 15, 20-minute segment into a 45 real fucking quick. 
so awesome. I can't wait to hear it all come together. I feel like now I'm going to be like in the the soundproof room where the other the other two are going to get to talk now, and then I don't get to hear the whole story until you broadcast the the whole edited podcast. Yeah, we're going to weave it all together. And, you know, I always say, as long as you're enjoying it and I'm enjoying it, everything else is just crazy. I always love talking to you, and so it's just another opportunity to do that. Right on. Atlanta. 6818. Thank you.
Sometimes we live no particular way. Sometimes we live in your country, we live in your homes. Sometimes we ride on your horses. Sometimes we walk alone. Sometimes the songs that we sing are just songs of our own.
Well, Jake Root, welcome to Strangers Topic Strangers. Thank you. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be, like, having this conversation. We're manifesting this, and it was kind of in the ether for a while now. Yeah, it's been something we're looking forward to as well. I'm glad we could finally get to it. Absolutely. Well, I talked to Steve. I'm going to try and put these up in sequence of when we have the conversations. We talked a little bit about you, and in all... (laughs) In, in the way that we're going to get to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't see well enough. I won't be surprised about anything I hear from him, probably. Oh, no. He speaks the, the world of you. The world of you. He's an amazing man, so I'm, I'm not surprised. Oh, lightness and love. Well, I, you first came into my world when I was following some of the streaming that you were doing in the fall of 2017. You know, you really kind of welcomed a lot of people into uh, into your home and into your world. You know, tell me a little bit about how that all got going, and uh, and I think you got busted too and redirected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, it definitely did get busted, and I definitely did get told to stop, which I definitely promptly did once I was told to. But we had a good run at it. It started in uh started in summer of seventeen. I the sixteen tour came up to Washington and the Gorge, but seventeen summer did not. So I went down to Mountain View and the Bowl in summer seventeen. When I came back up to Seattle. I was so energized by what I was seeing from Dead & Co. that I just really wanted to get it out to everybody. And so on the big Dead & Co. Facebook site, I started posting. What I did is I would just buy the feed. I, I paid for each feed I ever showed. I do I do hold myself to that. I wasn't YouTube stealing or anything like that. But so I'd buy the feed. And, like, Facebook Live was kind of something that was somewhat new. It just kind of started coming out within, like, that year so. I just put it on my TV and I turned my phone around and went Facebook Live through the group and it got big fast. And like all these people started seeing these shows that they didn't think they'd be able to see and it, it, it blew up. And like we were getting towards the end, before we had told to shut down, I think we had 15,000 people viewing one show at one time. Wow. I mean, that's full fucking viral. That's, that is amazing. 15,000 people. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine 15,000 people all in one room. Like, how many people that would be? I mean, that's that's a venue, right? Yeah, and that's why I was told to stop abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair and, enough. And I, haven't, and I haven't done it since. And they, you know, I think every, from what I found, it seems like everyone was pretty happy with how everything was. But that was what created some Facebook groups that have just been life-changing. I can't even fathom how different my life is just because I put out a live stream and with no intentions of anything. Like, I didn't I didn't want, didn't need anything, didn't want anything. And the next thing I knew, they had all pulled money together to fly me to Chicago. I closed out the show, and I met a couple people from that. That streaming group, like, I went to Chicago not knowing anybody. I was there for 24 hours. Uh, it ended up being 36 because that was the first time I missed a flight, which is notorious for me. I've missed probably about 50% of my flights heading home now from shows. <laughs> There's always another <laughs> flight, though. There's always another There's flight. There's always another. I've realized I just need to stop trying to push the flights out so early and just stay later. And then, because it's all, it just happens that way anyway. To Chicago and met a man named Bruce Grossman, who has now passed sadly. And, but he, uh, he embraced me in and another friend of mine, Ian Murphy. 
uh, those two, like, were the first two people I had met. I'm dancing to Dance in the Streets on the second night of Chicago in Wrigley Field with people from Chicago, and all because I gave out, like, some streams. And then come to find out that whole thing takes me into the fall, where I streamed in the fall, and got, like, three or four in before we were told to shut down. But that's when a majority of everybody really got to know each other. That's when Carpenter and Brian Carpenter, Brian Lawrence and Steve Dubinsky and David Witt, Camel Cohn, and naming the names go on and on. I'm just gonna miss so many people. Over this last from the tour of two thousand seventeen till today I've met over two hundred people. Had somebody I never met before put me up in their house, come from Maria to pick me up, take me back to their house. What's so cool, what you really, I don't want to say started, but maybe started a really big, you know, in the beginning, is that it's so much more fun to watch a show when you are really commenting, watching, liking, chatting with other people as opposed to sitting by yourself. You know, like that, I feel like that is such a big part of what came about that you offered to everybody else was you brought into your home, which helped create a community that's still perpetuating. Yeah, no, very much so. As was pointed out, that was pointed out to me by a couple of people as well. It's kind of funny, like the watch party thing had become an app now or something you can use on Facebook, and that wasn't there before. So he was kind of like commenting, joking, like, well, I started the watch parties. And I don't know what's true or what's not. I know that before I started doing this, I didn't hear anything about streams and you didn't really see a whole lot about it. And then I know what a lot of people told me about was like, at the first, when I first started, I just turned the phone on and just, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear anything I said. And then like, it was one day when my daughter was over and you could hear our conversations in the background and it was making people laugh. And then like, I got, I got excited about a song and then I just couldn't help it. I just, just me being me. I would just be excited about something or something happened or like one time the, the camera fell over and I'm running in there today and I'm running in there and I'm like, not today, Satan. And like I fix it and like get it real fast and like that became like a viral thing that everybody thought was so funny and it's these little things of my enjoyment and my personality and my, 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 my. Well, your world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you opened up, you, you shared your world, you know, you, you yeah, shared your and, world and your home and, and at who you are, and, and, and I think that got everyone else to relate and excited to be able to share in the world and share with each other. It definitely did, and what I care more about than anything, it got people excited in the dead again. Like, I know specifically a, a very, very, very dear friend of mine that I met through this, they were never going to do anything Grateful Dead further, any, any, no, no any outshoots of anything besides just Grateful Dead, and they heard me getting excited about it. And they're like, what's this guy getting all excited about? And then they went and listened to it and they got excited about it. And then they went to a show finally again. And now they're back into a culture that they never thought they'd ever be part of again. And that's been told to me from multiple people. And so it, that's what I love the most about it is that the people were able to get enjoyment out of something they never thought they could. And, they they heard my enjoyment, which therefore sparked some enjoyment in them, and that's what drives me, and that's what makes me go out on tour now and like meet all these people and hang out with them and dance with them and share energy with them and just have an amazing experience. And 
the, the most amazing thing about this that of all these people I've met, there is a very, very, very small, small, small percentage that turned out to be any kind of a bad person or any kind of like different than what they portray themselves to be, which is amazing to me. It's just like this internet thing that everyone at first was like, oh, it's just some internet thing. And I, it, it wasn't an internet thing. It was a, it was a grateful dead. It was a family thing. And it, it was very much always felt like that to me. But this last year, meeting you and meeting Steve and meeting Vicky and I put my whole life out there and I put maybe too much, maybe too little about some things or maybe about my goods, maybe too much of my bad. I don't know. But it, it, it drew people into trusting me and trusting the group and then leaning on the group. And then when all of a sudden you're in a dire situation and the group helps you, that, that it just makes it easier down the road for everybody else to know that that's their form as well. And like I always said, like, I don't want it to be that I can go to 200 people's houses. I want it that anybody in our groups can go to 200 people's houses and have a home and have a place to be. And that's kind of where I've always wanted things to be. And that's, I think it's just that people, uh, they started trusting each other. And then when they started trusting each other and they, then they went on a tour and then put a face to the hand and the hand to the, to the face and felt the energy from everybody, then they knew it was real. And then from that point on, it's just been on like gangbusters and it's just, it's nothing that's ever going to go away. I don't feel, I think, I mean, like even this is a community, this is a family that we've built. And it, it's funny because most of my family at this time doesn't talk to me out. This is the family I chose, not the family I was forced upon. So this is, it, it feels very genuine to me. Well, I agree. And you know, our love will not fade away. <laughs> no, it won't. No, it won't. You know, our love will not fade away for sure. Now, I I feel again really, really honored to be you know part of your community within the community. It's really special, and you know, we met the very first time I want to say in Atlanta, Mansfield. Right? Did we meet in Mansfield? We met in Mansfield, and then we hung in Atlanta, North Carolina. We caught all of those that little chunk. I was a, I was a puddle of yes when I saw you in Mansfield. That was the day that me and Scott Nurberg came up with the idea that you just say yes to everything. Because to even say tell yourself to say no, you have to tell yourself yes to say no. So just say yes to begin with. And I think that's where I was. My mindset was when I saw you in Mansfield because I was having a great time. That, that We were ready to kick that show off. That was for sure. That was so much fun. I mean, it feels, it was like, fun. feels like so many lifetimes ago, you know? Like It, it feels does. Like so many lifetimes it ago. It was so much fun. Yeah, that <laughs> I think when I'm thinking about Atlanta, North Carolina, that was so special to me. It was the first time I was ever in those cities, really. And it was, it was, it was really that American spirit that I hadn't really ignited, where it was flying, you know, to catch a show. And I stayed with Alicia and Christine, hey girl, and uh, we had so much fun. I mean, I, we'd never met before, and then that's where I met Sherry through, you know, your group, and, and ah, my God, it was just so much fun. It, it means everything, you know, to have that community for the good things to laugh about and the sad things to cry about. I mean, it's kind of why we are, are all deadheads in the first place, you know, is to laugh Very and to cry and to sing and shake our butt. I I have exactly and, and you do all that I mean I've laughed cried and just loved all at the same show with all of my friends there and just like it's just it's so cathartic to have a to have a family like this and, and it's really for a deadhead because like you know deadheads don't 
no, we normally have some baggage to our life. We kind of like to have people around us that can understand us and that can understand our same kind of way of thinking and being. And I know for a fact that if I didn't have this community, I probably wouldn't be close to where I'm at in my life right now because they have been here for me more than I could, more than I could ever be there for them. They have all been here for me. And I, I will live most of my life always make, trying to make up for all the good they've done for me. That's something that I'm looking forward to for sure. Well, so we always play some music here on the podcast, we being I. So I asked you to select a song. So tell me what your song is and a little bit about why you picked it, and then I'm going to go ahead and play for a All right. So I picked uh, from the February show in NOLA, coming out of Feeling Like a Stranger into The Music Never Stopped. I chose that because of a couple of reasons. I thought it was very fitting because song choice right after going into what some call the appendix tour because Johnny music never stopped. Here we are getting it. And then also that song is one of my most favorite songs in the world to dance to. And most people know that dancing is one of my most favorite things in the world to do. So any song that make me want to move that much, it's going to be one of my favorite. That was like one of the first times I really got to meet some of my most, I met Steve for the first time and Dick Carpenter and Brian at that show and Brian Lawrence and Helena Cohn and some people that became very, very important. And so like that song and that performance, that whole thing was, it was just meant so much to me. So that's why I chose. Right on. Well, we are going to go in and play from New Orleans in February 2018. The music never stops. All right. Sounds good. You know I will. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.
Well, Sherry, welcome. Sherry, just stop the street. Hi, Stacey. How are you? I'm good. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we made it, girl. We made it on the phone. We did it. We're halfway there. So, my God, where do we begin? I mean, our, our friendship became started about it almost a year ago, and then it burst into bloom this summer, and that's why I wanted to, you know, your conversation is just podcast because that was my little theme you know i just so many neat people but you are just such an amazing presence from this past summer and it wouldn't be a podcast without you stacy you're very sweet thank you that's that's really nice you know i was thinking about how we initially met and i think it happened when i first reached out to you after i found out ring about the grateful dead archives in santa cruz the envelope, the, mail, the fan art, the mail order envelope. Yeah. I think that's how we originally connected because I was so blown away that uh, I had envelopes in the archives that, that the Grateful Dead had saved my junk mail for, whatever, 28 years. Oh, so amazing. Talking about last summer, I just have to make a mention because this is just funny as fuck. You are at a work situation that required tickets and you have to share with everybody like the of the moment situation it's just so deadheaded so brilliant so wonderful and then i want to talk about i don't know like how we met like all those crazy okay well i won't disclose what kind of convention i'm at here in las vegas but there are about twenty-seven thousand people attending and uh yesterday the the admission is between 400 and 800 dollars per person and I don't have a ticket. I was here for a conference prior, and we are the company's actually holding an event tonight at the Mob Museum. So at any rate, uh, they said like nobody can get in, nobody can get in. Security's really tight, et cetera, et cetera. Yesterday when I went there, I hung out for just a little while, checking it out. And when I saw my opportunity, I took it, lady stepped away from her post, and so like a deadhead, I walked in right behind her and right into <laughs> the, the trade show without any credentials, and my company was like, how did you get in? How did you get in? And I was like, well, I just walked in. I go to shows once in a while. <laughs> You've got the ways and means, girl. you got your ways. Right. I waited for my opportunity, and I sprung on that opportunity and took advantage of it, so... My roommate is like, man, I don't know. How am I going to get in today? And Because everyone's like, no one can get in. No one can get in. So I told her exactly what I did. And right during your first question, my phone rang because she's like, it took me a minute, but I got in. Um, and I was so excited for her because I'm sure she did exactly what I told her to do. Ah, uh, fucking awesome. I can't even, you know what, I can't even... Can't even tell you how much I relate to this conversation. You know, we, uh, we, we get where we're supposed to be, you know, like as deadheads, we sometimes we're, sometimes we're in the seats and sometimes we're jamming right up front, but we're where we're supposed to be at all times, right? I knew I was supposed to be inside. I couldn't levitate into the show. So <laughs> I just took the opportunity and walked behind. Well, sometimes I swear I have levitated down to the floor at dead shows. You will it, and it will happen. Oh, I mean, again, so fun. So, again, flashing back to just this past summer, which will bring us back to, oh, my God, the way we met. So, I, I, I just, uh, so funny. Again, we, we should have a full podcast, because you and I could talk for four hours, and you have, oh, I don't know, 35 years worth of stories? No. 
Yeah, something, yeah like something like that. Something like that. Well, yeah. it was, I think one of the things that really put it in perspective is when the summer, it was the second show I saw this summer, uh, after Riverbend in Cincinnati, I was at one of my favorite venues ever, Deer Creek, and you posted a picture that you thought just looked like fun. Yeah, the Deer Creek. And then I had no idea that it was really so sad to so many because it, you know, all of the, the, the bad shit that went on that, at that show. But you know what? That was all, it was bad when it went down, but that's in the past. That shot says a lot because it shows a lot of spirit about how bad people wanted to get in. What it didn't reflect is, is how much scene had gotten out of control and how much it had gotten away from being about the music with a lot of people. Not with me. It's always been about the music for me. But the scene had turned into a drug scene. And uh, I wasn't really checked into it because I was working full-time and I was a, a weekend warrior deadhead type. Um, and I even remember, I was unfortunately one of the people inside that when I saw the first person come over, I was cheering because I thought, cool, somebody got in that could get a ticket. And then more people came in and more people came in. And then I knew it wasn't the right thing. It wasn't cool, especially with bands. It disrupted their playing. Um, and, of course, we were shamed by the letter they put out the next day. Not only the canceling of the concert, but there were actually two letters band put out to the fans and it was very humiliating because I was one of the people that was cheering uh, as people were were coming in we didn't realize there was a National Guard situation outside that the fence was actually being ripped apart board by board we thought a couple of people that didn't have tickets were getting into the show um, because that was our perspective until we saw that more than that was going on and the reaction of the band which was not positive but uh, I, I was definitely embarrassed, and I felt responsible, and I felt like they were talking directly to me when that letter was put out, too, that we should be ashamed of ourselves, wow. or however it was worded. Well, that, that we were encouraging that kind of behavior. And uh, I, I think that, in hindsight, they know more of what happened from our perspective, too, that we didn't know what was going on. We didn't have the same view and perspective as them and we never would have cheered something on if we had known the full scope of it. But what happened and the outcome of it with the show being canceled was a rude awakening and it was what well, was the summer of hell is what that summer was. The whole tour part was really uh it was a rough summer ninety five. <laughs> oh, to say the least. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean a, a rough summer that ended, you know, the roughest way possible for the band and the bands and everything. So and, and tragedy. And that's something that I think that's something that brought us together too is that we both stayed away from the music for so long. I mean it was over twenty years yeah. before I, I I came back. No, me too. I mean I was just thinking I went to go to Darstow Orchestra the other night. It had been my kinda rebirth was a dead and company three years ago in 2015, and then I remember seeing Darkster Orchestra a day apart from this one two years ago and kind of stood in the same spot right up there. The first time I was that close to a band, and then I thought about last year in November seeing Dead and & Company and then being here today and how it seems so new, but it's already kind of a little journey, you know, as I was, like, dancing and looking back and thinking of, you know, the past three Novembers, but my goodness, there was a 20-something-year-old gap in between. So, yeah, really grateful. And 
completely relate on that level. Absolutely. And I, I can't believe that I've only been back seeing Dead and Company. My first show was in Boulder in um, 2017. And I think I told you it was only half a show. Someone sent me this dream, a friend, um, and I had worked that day. And I was new to Fort Collins, just been there a few months, and didn't know anybody. And I didn't want to go to the show by myself and, you know, all the blah, blah, blah. Well, someone sent me the stream the day of the show. I completely forgot the show was going on. The first one was on a Friday, I believe. And I turned it on, and I think they started with Dancing in the Streets. And I'm like, what is going on? And brown-eyed women not far behind. And when I saw John Mayer singing, I'm like, what am I doing? And I was in pretty much like dirty yard clothes, and I just left and watched the stream. It's about an hour, a little over an hour drive to Boulder. Watched the stream in route part of it. They were on break. Got there. I wanted to buy a ticket for the next night, but they still had tickets available for the show. I bought a ticket for, and went in just for the second set, which, um, I mean, I was right back there in no time. I couldn't believe that I had been away for 22 years. And since then, I've seen, I saw like six shows in the fall, and I did three appendix shows, and uh, I think it's like 15 out of 25 in the summer, which is more shows than I've ever seen in a tour. So fucking cool. I mean, you, when I think about the summer, when I think about the tour, when I think about like, again, a beacon of like independent, I, you know, I was about to say female independence, but you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman on this one. Like, human independence of, you were just out, I mean, when we met, I mean, you just went out on the road and followed what was right for you by yourself with your map out there. Like, I mean, just beyond everything that it, that the deadhead community and touring represents. I mean, just so brave and met so many friends. And, uh, yeah, like that's, again, why I couldn't talk about this past summer without talking to you, because you just... You know, Stacey, the music filled my soul and brought me back to life in a way that I never thought imaginable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so special. The music, the music made me alive again, and when I see what John Mayer, who you know I'm a big fan of, I want to be his older sister... Um, what did he send to Bobby to to reignite his passion and how many fans, uh, the passion that, that has been brought back in people like you and me, there's something really, really special about it. And above all, it makes me feel like I'm really alive. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I could not feel the same exact way. And I think my favorite, like, analogy that. <laughs> I'm you made it up, Stacey, I'm sure of it. We'll roll with it. I don't know. I, I either heard it or I made it up. I don't really know. Still, I think it's whether it's my original saying or I borrowed it. Uh, I love the way of, like, thinking about when you have an older dog and you get a new puppy, you know, and, like, the older dog kind of springs back a little bit. You know, the puppy kind of chases it around. It bites its tail, and it, it ignites, like, some you know, some extra energy. And that to me is like what relationship with John and Bob, right? <laughs> like Bob is kind of like, you know, like you got the dogs, like nine, ten, like still running around doing his thing, down a little bit, getting older. And you like release this puppy on it, you know? And that's just 
what I always think of like when I think of the relationship, my perspective of it, and watching a play, you know, like with John kind of chasing him around, and, uh, and it revs it up, you know? It absolutely, and, and there's something bigger than that that you're talking about, too, and that's the whole transferring of energy and and energizing each other, uh, both the music, you know, the, the puppy obviously does it to the older dog, the energy that it brings back, but the personalities have done it to other artists, other creative people, and the music does it to us, the fans, and drives us in other directions that that really enrich and fulfill our lives in, in a way that nothing, nothing else fills my soul like music. Nothing. There's nothing. No, I mean, it's, it's there for when you want to celebrate. It's there for when you want to cry. It's there for when you want to, you know, get it out, dance it out. It's, it's there for everything. I have playlists for, you know, every type of mood, different musicians, different things. I mean, the, the dead really are my go-to, but, no, I mean, extending beyond, like, there's just, there's something for every situation, you know, and the lyrics are, you know, they're like religion, you know, I, I, I kind of refer to the annotations book as my Bible, you know, because, like, the, the lyrics really are my verses, you know, no matter what it is I'm looking for, there's, there's, there's something that is gonna, you know, ease my soul a little bit, you know, whether, no matter what it is within that. Or rock your soul. Rock my soul. Because if you want to ease your soul or rock your soul. It could do it all, man. It could do it all. So I have to mention how we first met. And then because it's a three-part podcast, to talk to you, you will be back when I... Oh, my God. I just here. remembered the first time we met, and I know what's going to happen. Go for it. Uh, no, that's the story. But, so I'm in Atlanta. And actually, I was just talking to Jake, and I mentioned Atlanta. I mentioned Christine. And I mentioned Alicia. Hey. And uh, hey, girl. You're listening. Yeah, hello. Hello. And so I'm like, wait for those girls. And I see on Facebook that you're in Atlanta. And we had, at this point, been messaging with each other. And I said, you're in Atlanta. And you said, I'm in Atlanta. And you said, I'll be right there. And, uh, okay, you take the wheel. Literally, you took the wheel from there. Tell the next leg. (laughs) I have to admit what I did. Okay, so I'm so so excited to meet Stacey Smith. and discombobulated as usual, I got to the hotel where you were staying, and and they weren't there yet, so you weren't checked in. It was a really nice Hilton. I think that's what was going on. So you said, let's go for a ride. I'm like, sure, get in. So I open up my door, and I'm sure things are falling on the ground, and I take everything in the front seat and throw it in the back of the forerunner. And I didn't know what I'd do with my phone and my new prescription glasses when I got back in the car. So I was, like, so excited to meet you. And we were talking, talking, talking. And so you said, well, let's go over here. I don't know what we were trying to go do. We had a little box, like, to see when Christine and Alicia came in. We had a little, like, temporary parking. Because we couldn't park in the real parking. We weren't checked in and a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Right, right, right. So when we pulled up to the temporary parking, there was, like, a gate down or something. Oh, crap, we can't go here. And I whipped to you, and I remember hearing things fly around, whatever. Um, and I still couldn't find my phone and my glasses and whatever. Then we went back up to the front of the hotel. It was just right here. And pretty soon, oh, you're like, oh, there they are. There's Alicia and Christine. And Christine walks up to me, and we're like, she's like, well, we just found this phone and these glasses that were run over. <laughs> and I think and they ran them over, over from there. I think they were the ones who ran them over, right? Or did they find it already? Uh, 
I don't know. That's already run over. I think I may have run over them myself when they flew off the hood or wherever I left my new <laughs> cell phone and new glasses. And you're like, we have to find this woman's cherry. I got a message from the Facebook unfiltered group. It's her phone. Because remember, you got like a, you got a, um, I think it was Brian Lee or somebody had like messaged you, like, you're fucking. No, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my phone. Remember, it was broken. I think it was actually Barber. Bar- yeah. They were, they were putting a message. message if anybody though. sees Sherry Gleason, somebody has her phone. And then Christine handed it to you. And then we just like all laughed our asses off. That was. Because she, right, right. Long yeah. and short of it is, I, I ran over my my own brand new phone, um, and uh, my new glasses, which by the way weren't ruined because they were in the case, but I lost them somewhere between Raleigh and 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 uh, and Hartford. I don't know where they're they're long gone. Who needs to see anyway? It's overrated. Yeah, way overrated. <laughs> and then from then we met up in Raleigh, and then we met up in Hartford. Hung out with Darcy. Hey, who I was with. Hi, Darcy. Hey, Darcy. And then Isis City, you skipped it, and we finished up. But you kept going. You went out west and the west coast. And then our, and the our gorge. And the gorge. All that off shit. And then our story ended in Colorado where you live. And that was so fucking cool to be able to share that with you, too. And very, very bittersweet at the same time. But at least I got to meet. Your sister, I think that was the first time I met Michelle, who was so awesome, and um, your friend Kat, and your friend Kat from the Bay Area, and Dana from New York, right. she's in New York. Uh, she, yeah, Connecticut, you know. Connecticut? Connecticut. Yeah, Southern Do your hey, do your hey there <laughs> like you do. Hey, hey, Dana, hey, Kat. <laughs> hey, Dana, Hi, girls. hey, Kat. Hi, girls. Hi, Michelle, most uh, loyal listener of all time. Love you, Michelle. Love you, Michelle. <laughs> so much fun. I mean, that weekend was, I mean, it was a lot. You know, when I go think back to it, I mean, that was like a sensory overload. But it was, it was so good at the same time. Does that make sense? You know, like. Absolutely. I'm in Vegas right now for a convention. <laughs> sensory overload is my middle name. I was going to do something last night. And the light just threw me off. I just had to, I just had to reel it in and stop. Um, but tonight, tonight there's a bunch of events that, that I'm going to attend that I'm pretty excited about. It's right up our alley too. Yeah. I can't wait to go to the Mob Museum for sure. Well, that is like the organic way for us to close a conversation that could go on and on. And the last thing I want to talk about is the music. And we haven't picked the song, but we already talked little bit about that so yeah yeah, the song is going to be a surprise so whatever comes out next i you know i kind of like that whole suspense thing it'll but you know what stacy for sure is going to have jerry playing on it you know that for sure oh yeah grateful dead and so you tell me a little bit about the venue and it's going to be the grateful dead and then we'll pick a year and we'll pick a song absolutely the venue is deer creek one of my favorites and I think it was always one of the great dad's favorites, too. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I saw every show they played there from 89 through uh, uh, 95. Um, and they did some great stuff there. They did a close encounters during, uh, during drums and bass at one point. The venue 
had very nice sound, and I think it's very similar in construction to, to Shoreline in some ways. And they just really always seemed to really like that venue. Um, they played some fabulous shows there, unfortunately, ending in, in tragedy and less scheduled show there was canceled. But at the same time, I think they took it to a, a whole nother level at some of those shows. So Brent Clay was in there, and he was on, on fire at times, of course. Um, I remember Bobby doing an estimated. It wasn't quite the best fitting version, but it was an awesome version. And they just seemed to really always put put out just a little bit more at that venue. It was one of those kinds of venues. And it was really special to me when I returned there to see Dead Company this summer, 22 years later, uh, after, after Jerry had died, or 23 years later, actually. And you know what? They seemed to enjoy it just as much. And they they put on a great show there. I loved the summer tour. I thought it was fabulous. And I can't wait to see him in Mexico. No, that's like, what, less than two months away? I mean, actually, I think it's like two months to tomorrow, right? It's, it's the 16th, I think, we leave. You're so right. We're, like, we're on, like, countdown, like 61 days, 62 days. And we need to give a Joe Riviera a shout-out. Oh, hey, I know. He introduced me to three more people going to Mexico. Unfortunately, Joe's not going, but he introduced me to three great people that I met last weekend that are all going to Mexico, three of his really good friends. We are going to get ourselves a case of the Mexicali Blues in 61 two days, and I'm so excited about it. Woohoo! Absolutely. I am so excited about it, too. It's my first Mexico. It's your second. I had serious, serious case of feeling left out. What do they call that now? FOMO. Yeah, I had I had that going on big time last year, and then when the streams weren't working right, I mean, I thought I was going to have a complete meltdown back in, you know, Colorado. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, that won't happen this year. I'm going to be there in person. I cannot wait. And as far as the song, you know, be surprised, everyone. It's going to be Grateful Dead from Thrive Creek, and again, it'll be on the post, it'll be on the blog. Thank Absolutely. you for being on the podcast. Stacy, Stacy, thank you so much for having me, and I, I'm just fine if the whole thing ends up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all and always for fun, and I have a gigantic smile on my face. So I do, too. Thank you. You're, you know what, Stacy Smith, your energy is awesome, and one of the things I love about you the most is how many people that you have brought together, including me, uh, not just meeting you, but I've met all these great people through you, and you have done so much for our community as a whole in bringing, bringing people together. As you mentioned, I was out on summer tour with my own plan by myself, but I was never by myself because I know whenever I got near you, there was a whole bunch of people and people you introduced me to, um, and I really appreciate that. It's, you know, it's so great to really feel like part of a community and really, truly, authentically be excited and be in love with music. And it's something that we know we just keep, you can't fake it. Okay. I love you. What? I love you, Stacey Smith. You're I awesome. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Have a good one.
podcast is in the loop the legion of osiris podcasts what does that mean osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts if you like this one go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop osiris is partnered with relics magazine at relics.com thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com here's a preview of one of our other shows I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.